Well, there's no testimony without the test. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Hawk with Matt Dowd, and we are Renegade Atlas, charting a new path for your life. Today on our continuing ser uh, series, Created to be Wise, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Steve Coberlin. He is the pastor of Lawrence Heights Christian Church in Lawrence, Kansas. And I've known Steve for a number of years now, since at least 2014. And Steve and I have a little history. We've actually um, been able, been blessed to be able to minister together uh, in Uganda mm. and uh, serve people there. In fact, there's some, maybe we even may sneak a, a, sto a story or two from sure. from our experiences there. Um, but I, I, somebody asked me earlier today how I would describe Steve, and I, I consider Steve a a pastor's pastor. He is the type of person who has a real heart for the people he serves. And he wants to see them come to know the Lord in a deep and very amazing way. And we're going to go over uh, wisdom through parable, wisdom through uh, life experience, and um, even wisdom as it applies to some of the other topics that may get woven in here, like finances or life experiences, or perhaps even change in a person's life. But we want people to get to know the Lord through this. And Steve, um, where did you grow up? Where were you from originally? Well, where I call home is actually Lynn County, Kansas. Uh, formative years as elementary school in Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri. But my father was called to ministry in uh, 1980, 1979-1980, into the rural area, a little town called Cadmus, Kansas. The only thing there is a Grange Hall, if you know what a Grange Hall yeah. is, and an antique store. There are no houses. It's one sign you could see that said, Cadmus Incorporated. The other sign said Unincorporated. They were about a football field distance apart from each other. And that was the town of Cadmus. And wow. The church would later move to Osawatomie, Kansas, yes. in Miami uh, County. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I went to Prairie View High School in Lynn County, Kansas, near Lacine. Yep. The big town of Parker, Kansas, is where I call home. Well, that's amazing. Did you know I grew up in Osawatomie? No, I, I did. was born in Paola, but my, my dad is from Oswatomi. My mom is from Paola. How did I not know this? Well, now you know. <laughs> We've been discovering lots of stuff on this show. <laughs> so um, when one of the things that uh, you have been covering in your – you did not start as a pastor. No. 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 You started out working in higher education. Yes. Tell us a little of that story. Well, uh, um, I just shared that I was a PK, a preacher's kid, and because of that, and um, I would also say, you know, early on I knew God's call in my life, but because I was a PK, um, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with ministry. Uh, it's hard. And I saw firsthand the wear and tear that ministry can have on families, uh, just the financial cost. I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> So I didn't want to be in ministry, and so I valiantly fought God's call for almost 20 years. And um, my undergrad is in psychology. I worked in that field for a couple of years and had an opportunity to come back to my alma mater and work in admissions, and that spurred a whole career in 
student recruitment and financial aid and then college administration and uh, did that for, like I say, almost, almost 20 years. Great. Um, your idea of running, or the idea you mentioned a moment ago of not doing what you feel like God wants you to do, um, can you think of a parable where you see that play out? Well, uh, maybe not a parable as much as, you know, I, I will tell you I had a, um, what I call a Jonah and the whale experience. Uh, my company transferred me from Kansas City to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I didn't know if I could find Little Rock on a map, honestly, and I didn't think I wanted to go to Little Rock because I'm sure brothers and sisters would be married to each other and nobody would wear <laughs> shoes, and nobody would have teeth, and that's not what I found at all. We found that to be just a fantastic uh, community. We fell into a wonderful church, uh, a large church. We're used to small churches, and uh, fell into um, Fellowship Bible Church. If you're familiar with any of uh, Men's Fraternity and Dr. Robert Lewis was uh, one of the four teaching pastors there and got to know them very well. Um, and there was a time of equipping and being fed and uh, God very supernaturally, divinely uh, enabled us to come back to Kansas City, that area, two years later. Um, and well, the whole idea of, of was to connect with uh, Lawrence Heights Christian Church. That was our church prior to the move, and we were able to come back and still worship there and serve in volunteer uh, leadership and ministry and did that for um, a couple of years until um, I had a just one moment in time. I will say it's a defining moment in time um, that while working for um, a proprietary school, a, a private technical school, uh, we were at an awards banquet in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and um, actually had received a, a wonderful award, one of the company's top awards for performance and um, celebratory fashion. There's a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance that went along with it. And afterward, uh, I just felt gutted, felt hollowed out. And my wife and I were walking on the beach that evening, and I was crying. I was sobbing um, because I knew that I wasn't doing what God had asked me to do. And God really spoke to my heart saying, this is all great in man's eyes, but it means nothing to me. And that, in essence, Steve, you've, you've climbed this ladder of success, but um, you've climbed the wrong ladder. It's not the ladder I have for you. I have a different ladder for you. And when you got to the top of that ladder, it was empty. There was nothing there that was of eternal value, only of temporal value. And so right then and there is when I knew, uh, and my wife knew as well, uh, together, uh, that God had a plan and it would be to serve in some capacity in vocational ministry. Okay. It's not only, you know, it's interesting because I, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who works with professional athletes, and he tells me about, you know, when they win the championship or achieve their big life professional goal, and they're in the midst of the celebration, and their only thought is, this is it, you know, and it's empty, actually. So, I mean, I love your story, and I just think it's interesting to think about the idea that it's not just that it didn't have eternal per, eternal value, it's that it didn't really have value for you sure. either, right? I mean, there just wasn't really anything there. I thought it did at the time and prior to that, but God really kind of realigned and recalibrated the definition of what value and success was. Right. That's cool. So... Steve, in, in, in ministry, um, how common do you think it is for people to be doing work 
that they're not called to do, but it's just where they find themselves today. And how does that affect them? It happens all the time. Uh, I, I see it both ways. I, I have seen um, people who are working in an area that they know that's not what God has for them. God has uniquely, divinely designed them for something else. And for whatever reason, they are not following that pursuit. I've also seen it in ministry. People serving in ministry that really have no business. That's not what right. God has called them. It's do. not like everyone should be just in ministry because that's like the right thing to do for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's more like, are you doing, are you, you know, yeah, are you where God has called you to be? Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And so it takes some, hmm. it takes some listening, it takes some searching and um, some persistence in pursuing his will. Which in a way kind of goes back to your days as college administrator when you were working at admissions. You had to get people there to pursue a, a program. Right. God doesn't make mistakes, and He is so good. <laughs> he alone has the ability to take even my rebellion and use that for His glory. So there are times every day where I can look back and see, oh, that circumstance that happened 20 years ago, God was wiring me and developing me and building me to apply that here in this other completely different area. Man, I can relate with that so much right now. <laughs> I'm just kind of coming, I just have had like a process, you know, like a Kairos moment type of a thing where God breaks in and shows me something that I was doing that wasn't really helping me out. And it, and it was a church-related activity, you know, like sure. a quote-unquote good thing, a great thing. And he, he was just kind of showing me how you didn't really go into this with the right attitude and this isn't really where I called you to be anyway, you know, so maybe let's think about doing something else. But even in the midst of that, you could call it rebellion, you know, sort of, anyway. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us there to um, throw off everything that yeah. hinders and separate category, the sin that so easily entangles. And it's pretty easy for honest to identify sin, but everything else that entangles, there's some good, noble things in right. there right. that it may be the wrong motivation or maybe even... As grand as it may be, it may not be what God has called you to do. Yeah. Man, I, that's one of my life passages there. I love Hebrews 12. And then also in Hebrews 11, it says that anything done without faith is sin, right? You, like you, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Sure. So, man, that's cool. So I was just, but where what I was also thinking is that even in the midst of my so-called rebellion or that entanglement, there's also still a lot of good things that came out of it. Oh, of course. And I imagine you've had similar experiences there. Of course. I have developed relationships with my former students. I have probably no fewer than 10 former students or colleagues that are serving in vocational ministry today. And that was not our agenda. That was just something that uh, God had planned. And he, he saw, um, uh, even back then, uh, we were just looking at undergraduate college admissions at the time. And it's yeah. fascinating to kind of walk this walk with them now in this season of life with them. Man, this is, okay, so my questions are now starting to like line up in my mind. And Doc, Hawk, I don't know, you probably have somewhere no, you, you want to go, go with it as well. Go. But okay, so we've been talking a little bit recently about the idea of God being in control, like God is in control, quote unquote. Sure. But what about the idea that he wasn't controlling you, right? Or what is your take on that? Because you were making some decisions. And, but it's amazing to me how God worked with all this ingenuity and creativity to create great results 
out of the decisions you know that you made anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's just that good. Right. I, I don't think we can understand. You use two words: ingenuity, creativity. Uh, I don't think we can even fathom, begin to fathom uh, those attributes in God. They're, they're, mm. He's so good that he, only he can do what only he can do. And he even used those times of rebellion as part of the development process. Had he told me back then, which he did, <laughs> I want you to serve in vocational ministry, I said, heck no. No, thank you. <laughs> but then he, he led me on this journey and this path uh, baby steps here, baby steps there, opportunity here, opportunity there. And then lo and behold, he got me right where he wanted me to be. Hmm. And it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling when that clicks in place and you know, you know that you know that you're doing what God has designed you to do. It's a calling. It's not a job. Um, and with that calling comes a supernatural, even gifting to be able to do the things he's called you to do. For sure. Man, I totally agree with that. Okay. So one more question on this track then. Would you go back, if you could go back to that first point where you, you know, made the decision to do what you wanted to do and go into, you know, the career path that you chose for yourself, would you do it differently now if you had to do over again? Or would you let it be the same, you know, based based on knowing what you know now and like where you've ended up? Well, it's interesting because I would answer that two ways. First off, I used to tell people that I, I was filled with a lot of regret of time that I felt I wasted mm-hmm. um, in rebellion and, and disobedience to God's call. And um, a mentor of mine, a, a dear, just um, spiritual father who really kind of poured into my life, really took me to the tool shed, so to speak, with that and, and rebuked me for that, saying, um, God is so good. He mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. He doesn't make mistakes. Stop apologizing for that um, and look back at all the gifts that God did give you and equipped you with during those times to be used specifically yeah. uh, now in, in this opportunity. Right. So it's hard to throw it away because yeah. so much good has come from it. And Well, and it's like the <clears throat> one of the greatest um, philosophers, thinkers of, of all time, country music, Singer Garth Brooks said, <laughs> "Totally, <laughs> some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, and uh, and uh, you know that that is that that there's a lot of wisdom there." Yeah, and I also think of the I don't know if it correlates directly, but I just think of the verse, um, "Do not call anything unclean that I have made clean." Mm. Sure. So when we talk about how God works out our salvation through how we live our life and that's kind of a weird way of saying it but that's you're you're so much more a better version of steve today because of all the stuff you had to let go of that you were encumbered by but god used that to to craft you into this person you are now amen if if, well i'm living proof that if God can use me for his glory, he can use anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We're in that boat with you. (laughs) Steve, have you had any moments in life where you got to see the Lord move in a way that truly astonished you? Oh, absolutely. Um, And then a second part of that, how did it redirect you or what did it do? How would it speak into your heart? 
you know, one of the things that uh, I've learned later in life is to even begin to journal these things um, because how soon we forget. Um, the Israelites uh, were uh, freed from bondage and led right to the Red Sea, and they even saw the parting of the Red Sea. But then on the other side of that, how quickly were they yeah. back complaining about how they longed to be back in captivity because at least they had better food there. And um, the thing that God's put on my heart is to we've seen these miraculous Red Sea partings in our own lives time and time yeah. again. Yeah. And we don't celebrate them enough. We don't give him the glory that's due his holy name. And we don't remember. We, we forget. And we're on to the next struggle or difficulty. And uh, we forget. Uh, and kind of, it's like the memorial stones exactly. uh, and, and being able to set those up to remember. I have a friend that has a bucket of memorial stones in their home where they wrote some of these great things on a rock and set it there. And their family can... Yep get those rocks out and look at those and celebrate God's provision and goodness and greatness over and over again. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Kadesh Barnea. Mm. That's the place where the Israelites said, promised land? Nah. Nah. That's okay. Kadesh yep. Barnea. Yep. Yeah. We, those are great moments in our life. As painful, you know, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness as it was at that moment for them, Think about how much it changed the hearts and lives of that new generation that came out. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's it's there. There is this. I, I almost want to call it a contradiction that God uses to equip us and, and make us into the image he has for us, where we have to go through our trials, our sufferings, our our turmoil in order to be that person that he's called us to be because of these encumbrance that we put on ourselves. I don't get it. I, to this day, I cannot figure it out. I don't need to, but it still makes me scratch my head. Even our stubborn willfulness too. Yes. Right? Like, yes. It's part of it. Well, there's no testimony without the test. And that's, that's the huge thing for us. Well, there's to no testimony remember. without the test. That's right. And that's, that's the huge right thing now, for us to remember. May be going that's right. Some trials. Um, um, right now, if you're listening to this people may future, be going through um, some trials. Um, right if you're now, listening to this in the future, it feels April, like March. Um, it's just 2020. It's Groundhog March Day. 20th you know. right now. April 20th, excuse so, me. April is 2020. So 420, 2020 is where we're at. And we're in the midst of a crisis, a global reset, I think, with this COVID 19. And People may be where listening to this, and this might be the time where they can reset ago, their life. They can begin to answer. Where perhaps that call that was put on their hearts Absolutely. 20 right. years ago, you waited years they can begin to answer, and it's Absolutely. never too late, is it? Absolutely. Any words of right. encouragement for You waited this. years before you sure. became a pastor. You know, I, I think something sure. that uh, this... Any words of encouragement for moment them in this? Time that is, you know, I, I think something that 
so it, very important this to have something tangible. That moment real, in time that is a tangible takeaway for this moment. So very important to have something tangible. Uh, touch real, and feel and wrap our brains uh, tangible takeaway. We see that in something God's that we can over and over again. Um, touch and feel um, all and wrap of our brains around. And we see that in God's his story, part of God's over story. Over and um, all of human history, pandemic that's part of his story, part of God's story. I guarantee you this pandemic that we're in, whatever you want to call it, didn't catch God by surprise. This is not um, something that shocked him. He's not worried about this like in any is. way, and shape, or wonderful form. Opportunities um, but yet he's still calling to out to see us like he always and to is. Touch and there's and wonderful to opportunities his presence in, in God's word way. to In our church, we've had a challenge for more than a year to feel his presence in a very tangible way. In our church, we've had a challenge for more than a year to get in his story. So tell us exactly what you mean by Find yourself in his story. Find yourself in God's story. We started out by looking at the by that. Well, just a, um, a minute ago, and these are we started uh, out by looking stories, at the parables of Jesus. As you mentioned meaning. parables, parables just are kind of like a, a doorway. Ago, these are where um, Jesus earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Invite people parables to are kind look like in. You'd actually say he who has an ear, Jesus would present something, and some invite did, people to look did. in. He would actually say he who has an ear to hear, let them hear. Some, some did, really had some that did, spiritual some did have the attention and, uh, span to focus on that. In that. And he, some he would really had that spiritual story and very uh, depth of perception stories. to see uh, in that. And he would, he common would stories tell wonderful stories, very practical stories. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time in church stories walking that had so many of these spiritual heavenly Jesus meanings. With the challenge, uh, we, we spent a lot of time in church walking through so many of these parables of Jesus with the challenge of trying to find ourselves in the story. What does that mean? For us, how can we apply that attention in um, our own lives? Do as well. Much like a good story, which captivates the attention, songs do as well. And we're beginning to transition. How many times from have you been parables to the Psalms during this time? Or you, because how many times have you been driving down the road and been in a foul mood, or you've been struggling, you've been depressed, and your right song at the right time hits the radio, and it totally changes Caleb all the time. Your spirit. It's a wonderful gift that, that God has given us. I hear the testimonies on Caleb all the time that, that somebody expresses what that. God has, how he's wired us in our brains, a storage capacity um, for songs. But think about the what God has, and how he's wired us in our brains, a storage capacity for songs, and then the visceral impact that it has on our lives inside the minute that we hear that is wonderful to that tune. That changes us. Something happens inside of us, and that is a wonderful gift from him. That's what we're talking about. Interesting example finding ourselves that, that occurred in Friday God's here story. in the office. Okay. I can give um, you uh, an interesting in example here, of that that occurred uh, Friday here in the office. Um, so here we are, a number of people in here. They all showed up at the wrong time. Social distancing. So here we are, trying to space people out to be, you know, very conscious. No one was here. Social distancing and all of that, and everybody showed up at the wrong time. I don't even. No one was here at the right time, but they were all here, and. And I don't even remember how it came sudden, up, but I brought up the doxology. And okay. And all of a sudden, a lady starts humming it. And a man starts singing it. Everybody in the and within is singing the doxology. 15, no, not even 15 <laughs> seconds, five seconds. A lady then everybody says, in the office is singing wow, the doxology. If I just and sung this song, a lady driving, then says, it would change the wow, way I drive if I just sung this song when I was because driving, it would change the way I drive God on the highway. From whom all blessings because flow. what are we supposed to do? 
praise God, praise Him, from whom all blessings flow. Right, and that if you praise Him, think about that. All creatures idea, here below, right? Doesn't that change? And that puts that, us in If you his think about story, that idea, it doesn't it that change? That puts us so in much His story. You of the gospel. It, it implants us there. Ourself well, it's so much of, of it. it's, it's our view of the gospel. It's we're still and placing it's how the gospel relates to at the us. center of it. And what this does egocentric. is it completely it's us. changes and it. it's how the gospel God relates to God us. Is the center of and what this like does is it completely changes it. It makes God the focus. Eyes God is the center of it. Much like the doxology does. It takes our eyes off of ourselves and off of our problems and puts them on our problems. God, where they squarely belong to begin with, our eyes on him, and our problems fade away at that point because we're properly aligned with him. And you know, one of the other provisions that he's given us, Steve, is really great coffee. Mm. And you know, Steve, I know you love coffee. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we just need to bring up Shenandoah Joe because they, they through you purchasing some Shenandoah Joe and using the promo code Renegade, that's how we keep our lights on here at Renegade Atlas. So we ask that you go to our website, therenegadeatlas.com, go to our sponsor page, click on Shenandoah Joe, order up a couple of pounds. If you want the Renegade Roast, you need to look for the Brasilia Primavera because that's what's the Renegade Roast. It's amazing coffee. And get a couple of pounds sent to you. Make sure you use Renegade as your promo code. Um, and it, it sure helps us. And, um, you know, Steve, I was thinking when we were in Uganda together, there was uh, uh, in the morning, um, Ruth would mm. make our breakfast. She was amazing. She was amazing. And she would have those packets of Nescafe coffee. Mm. And we would sit around. And that was like the great way to start your day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Um, well, so I wanted to ask you about, you know, you were kind of taking us through your career and vocational journey before we started recording. And um, we have some similarities in our background in terms of, you know, financial advising, working in the finance world. So I was just going to ask if you would tell us a little bit about that segment of your life and then how, how it kind of led to where you're at now. Um, I think you mentioned that that was like one of those moments that, you know, Dr. Chad was referring to kind of a transitional moment for you. So maybe just talk about all that. Very much so. And this is, this may be a bad analogy, not really super deep spiritually, but it's the best word picture I can paint for you. Do you remember uh, the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, oh, sure. Totally. There was one scene where they had to take a step out over the canyon. Oh, I love that, that scene. And, yeah. and you remember then they, they the had to faith, take yeah. that step of faith, that leap of faith. And then there was this clear pathway they could walk on. It was on. painted. Clear. Yes. yes. Just like the wall. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, they couldn't see it. Well, that's that's right. the word picture that I would use for the step that I had to take because I had, a, I only mean to boast in the Lord of this, but I had a, a pretty fat cat income and four kids, four sets of braces, four future college educations to pay for. And I uh, walked into my boss, who's a non-Christian, and uh, submitted my resignation and told her that I was leaving 
this field to go work part-time at Lawrence Heights Christian Church for the opportunity to make $17,500 a year uh, and supporting a family of four children, so a family of, of six. And uh, they didn't get that, but I was blessed to have a regional boss who was a Christian who really kind of explained it and saw God's call in my life as well. And I had no idea how we were going to, how God was going to provide. I was just being obedient to what he asked me to do, and that was to submit my resignation and to enter on a part-time basis uh, to serve at the church. And at the end of it, uh, they said since it was part-time, they asked if I would work for them as well. Uh, Full-time salary, but work part-time, pick my own hours, come and go, and just uh, continue to serve in that area. What a gracious provision. And it was exactly like that Raiders of the Lost Ark moment. I had to take that step of faith before I could see that God had a floor there for me all along, had a path for me to walk Hmm. on. I just couldn't see it with my own eyes. He knew it all along. Yeah. And there was no way you would have known unless you actually took the step. Exactly. There's there's no way. There's no way that that would have uh, and it was it was scary. We, there was uh, my wife was very fearful. We were afraid. We spent a lot of time praying, yeah. um, not understanding how any of this was going to work. And it it worked. It has worked wonderfully. Can I ask you this real quick? What did you learn, if anything, about God during that time when you were both fearful when and it was unknown, and you know praying together? Like, what did you get out of just that besides the fact that it all worked out? Was there anything else? In that, there's a there's a it was a liminal um, space, a liminal moment, and I'm I'm stealing that word from uh, Hirsch and Frost's book, um, The Faith of Leap, uh, and it, it mm. describes that kind of that moment if you've ever been skydiving, which is yep. a whole I've done that. It's a whole, we should talk about too. that for a yeah, while, yeah. <laughs> but it's that moment before you roll out of the airplane. It's yeah. you're in the safe confines of the plane. Uh, but that second, or if you're on a high dive and you're that moment, you take that leap off and it's that split second where there's no return. That's scary, but you're being obedient to what God has called you to do. Um, the lesson there is if you can muster just a few seconds of just raw courage to be obedient to what God has for you and take that leap, he's going to provide every step of the way. You know, for me, the first time I went skydiving, that moment right after we rolled out of the plane was one of the most exhilarating moments of my entire life. Oh, absolutely. But I never would have known it if I hadn't jumped out. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I've never taken the leap out of an airplane. Oh, you ought to. No, I have no I mean, it, to <laughs> me, awesome. it doesn't even, it's not good or bad. It's just kind of like, I'd rather do, I'd rather ride my mountain bike. It's just kind of one of those, it's not that I'm afraid of it. And that that's this is I think this goes into something really important right here right now. Yeah. There are people who need to take a leap of faith and God has set the stage perfectly for them right now to do that with changes in jobs or unemployment or underemployment that are occurring right now. What a better time to embrace that calling and your gifts and move directly into them. We think that the worst thing that could ever happen is to lose a job. And please hear my heart. I, I, I tell people all the time, especially guys, you've never lived until you've been fired or laid off from a job that you weren't expecting to lose. We sing songs about Jehovah Jireh, 
he's our provider. We sing songs about all of those gifts being from him and where to thank him. But until you have an opportunity to actually practice that yeah. and live in God's economy, those are just empty words. And he enables you to have a real understanding, a practical knowledge of his provision when you trust him even in those difficult times. Because it all comes from him. Absolutely. And at the same time, and this is kind of where I thought you might be going with it, Doc Hawk, is that not everyone is being called to jump out of the plane right now. Sure. Exactly. Some people are being called to just be content and like hold it steady, you know? And so it's not like we should sit here and prescribe for everyone what they need to do. That would that would be like playing God, right? And we, right. we definitely don't want And I'm not saying you were doing that either. I'm just thinking about it like there are, it's cool because there's two sides of that yeah. coin, right? Just like when you were talking about skydiving, I have that exactly. It's like yep. it's like eating a cracker. It's like how boring could it be? Because <laughs> right. it has no interest to me. Right, exactly. You know, if yep. there were some fear associated with it, I'd probably jump on it and go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's nothing. Which takes us to the idea of of really, you know, that prayerfully pursuing God, listening for His voice and His leading, and doing what He's telling you to do specifically not just taking the broad advice of someone that this is what we all should do necessarily. Sure. Yeah. And I think this goes to the idea that God is with you. Yeah. Yep. Forever now, right now, he is already there. You don't have to go seek him out because he's there. If you can't see him, open your eyes. He's there. He's spending time with you. Are you going back to him and spending time with him? Hmm. Are you pursuing him? Because he's pursuing you. But it's really hard to have a relationship. Steve, even though you and I are sitting fairly close to each other, if I turn my back on you, we're in disrelationship. Exactly. Even though we're in the same space. Hmm. You know, even Mother Teresa expressed those same comments in her journal and her diary. And the the media ran wild with it, saying that after she passed that, that... she doubted the existence of God, and that's not it at all. She just expressed these times where she felt mm-hmm. distanced from him, but she was very clear to say, in those times, I was very well aware of who it was who moved, uh, meaning that God it didn't was, move. She, she was did. the one who had moved, and mm-hmm. the onus was on her to return back to him and to draw near, and then she was able to feel in a tangible way his presence. Yeah, right, and he's perfectly content to let us go through those cycles, if you will, of faith and doubt. And just, I think even because it helps us, right? We actually grow from faith to faith. Well, he's he's so patient and he he is able to see the end result of that as well. Right. It's one story in our, one chapter in our story, it's not the end of the story. There's Hmm. an ability to turn the page and go on to the next chapter. And that's where so many of the listeners are right now that may be going through some difficult times. Even this difficult situation that they may be in right now, it's not the end of the story. It is just a Hmm. chapter in the story. Allow God to turn the page or turn the page uh, with his leading and he has something else in store for you that is going to blow you away. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I think that's the the big takeaway from our discussion today. Um, Steve, thank you so much for making the drive to be here and sharing your heart. My pleasure. With with everyone. Um, Check us out on therenegadeatlas.com. Find us on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, 
And on that note, Steve, where can we find you or where can our listeners find you if they were looking for you or your church or anything that... Yeah, our website, Lawrence Heights Christian Church, our our website is just that, lawrence-heights.org. You can also search on YouTube and for (laughs) become a... In this hmm. pandemic, a, a t- kind of a tele-evangelist, as so many pastors <laughs> have as well. And we've got some YouTube videos of our sermons, our worship services, and, and devotional Bible studies there as You're well. You're a virtual evangelist. Exactly. Okay. I love that term. Yeah. I love that better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. And have a beautiful one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>